Okay, so, uh, so let's learn. So first of all, again, a couple of things. The, there's a little bit of a shtickle minius with the copy machine. So the copies that you have, it's, there's a picture of it on the, on the shul chat. So you could watch it from, look at it from there or just uh, listen outside. Either way. <clears throat> okay, so breakfast this morning, Bez Hashem is being sponsored anonymously, Lili Nishmas, Menachem Mendel ben Mordechai, the Neshem Hashem ben Aliyah. And with that, all good things, Shev Brach and Hatzlacha to the sponsor, to this family, to the whole Kila, to all clients. So, <coughs> okay. All right, so last week we, we began discussing the sugya that we find in the Sefer Yeshua that's based on a parsha, in, uh, a mitzvah in parsha's Kisavai, which was the covenant that was made between us and the Rabbanu Shleilam by Har Grisim and Har Evil. So that's what we spoke about last week to begin it. And uh, as we saw, it's already, it's very Shavuistic. So there's also continuing hachanas for Shavuos. So now, let's just chazer very, very quickly, just the sort of the facts, you know, the, the, the facts on the ground that we had from last week. What we saw was, is that, is that there is a tradition that Chazal had that Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah and the covenant that was made, the promises, the commitments that we had between us and the Rabbanu Shalom, as far as Kabbalah and Torah is concerned, had to be in three stages. It had to be three times. That's what we saw last week. That was the Kabbalah from Chazal, three times. Now we saw that according to Rabbi Yishmol, the three times that Kabbalah and happened, the three times that we accepted the Torah were... Har Sinai and Oil Moyeh, that's one, because the big general ideas were, were given at Sinai and the details were given at Oil Moyeh by the Mishkans, that's one Kabbal Satira. So Sinai slash Oil Moyeh is one. Then you have the second time was by Arvis Mayav, right before we entered Eretz Yisrael, Mishnah Tyra, Sefer Dvarim, that was another Kabbal Satira. And finally, the third time was by Har Grizim and Har Evil. So Har Grizim and Har Evil is, is, is part number three of Kabbal Satira. That was the shita of Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Kiva held not like that. We saw this in the Gemara and Saita that Rabbi Kiva held also there has to be three times, but he held that, that the Torah was given three times as follows. One at Sinai. At Sinai, the Klalim and the Pratim were all given, so that's Kabbalah Torah number one. Number two is by Arvis Maya, before we get to Eretz Yisrael, Sefer Dvarim, that's the second time. Uh, I'm, no, I'm sorry. According to Rabbi the first time is by Har Sinai, the second time is by the Mishkan. And the third time is by Arvis Mayev when we were hearing Sefer Tzvar and Mishnah Torah. And so those are the three times that we receive the Torah, that Kabbalah Torah takes place, you know, three stages. That is the Shita Rabbi Kiva. And according to Rabbi Kiva, Har Girizim and Har Evil, that's something else. That's a new covenant. That's an independent covenant on its own. That's not part of the, the trilogy of Kabbalah Torah. That's a, a separate Indian. And what is this Indian of Har Girizim and Har Evil? So that's what we saw last week from the Gemara and Saita, that the Gemara and Saita brought down Vaiter, a tradition from Shlokish and so on, that Har Gizman Har Evil was a Kabbalah, was a specific covenant that was made between Kali Yisrael and the Rabbanu Shlalem regarding one particular mitzvah. It's not called Tarkula, it's not a Kabbalah Satar, it's not part of that, you know, Kabbalah Satar 613, it's a specific chizik in one particular mitzvah, which is the Indian of Eshesish. That husbands and wives should be faithful to each other, that Indian of Eshesish, Yichud between Chassan and Kala, that is what Har Grizim and Har Evil is about. And as the Gemara explained, that all the different brachas and klalas and all the different mitzvahs that seem to be referenced in Har Grizim and Har Evil, and that Maimid, really are all just different ways to hint to this Indian of Eshazish, of uh, a wife being faithful to a husband, and Vachulu Vachulu, that's the Indian of Eshazish, that's what Har Grizim and Har Evil was about. So last week we really focused more on the sheet of Rabbi Shmuel, 
in terms of trying to explain why Kabbalah Zatar has to be with three stages. <coughs> Fine, so we talk about that. So now we're going to be focusing more on the sheet of Rabbi Akiva. So we have Kabbalah Zatar already in three stages. Sinai, Mishkan, and Arvis Moyav. But now you have this new Indian of Hargizun Evil specifically there to be Mechazik, uh, the Kabbalah of the Indian of Eshesish. So what is that about? What exactly is that about? Okay, so what we're going to learn today is, uh, I think, a very, it's, uh, it's a very, very important Indian. We're going to learn some, uh, it's, uh, you know, Torah is given over from Rebbe to Talmud. So sometimes, usually, the Talmud receives from the Rebbe, and all the Talmud has is what the Rebbe has. But, you know, Chazal say, mitamidai, yoysimikulam, that sometimes the Talmud is able to reveal things that were contained in the Rebbe's Torahs that you might, not, you might not necessarily notice by the Rebbe's Torah. So we're going to learn today, Torah from a Rebbe, and then how the Talmud expands it and, and, and uh, blows, it, blows the, the, the cap off of it. So we're going to learn the Torah from the Nitziv, and then we're going to see a Torah from Rav Kook, the Talmud of the Nitziv, where he takes it from. So there's an itziv, this is this, uh, the page that you have, or the digital page that you have in front of you, is a, is a, you know, we'll see a number of pieces of the Nitziv in his Perish on Chomish Hemek Dover. We're going to see it all different ways, and then we'll see how Rav Kook puts it together. <coughs> so now, again, what we, have, what we do know from the Gemara, and again, that's something we're going to get to at the end, is that Hargiris and Ha'evil, as I said, according to Rav Kiva, is a covenant made specifically regarding the Indian of Eshazish. But let's put that to the side and let's learn some some nitziv, and then we'll see where it takes us. So in Marmokin number one, so this is a nitziv in Hemek Dover in Parshas Lechacha. Okay, so the nitziv of there is talking that at the end of Parshas Lechacha we know that Avram Avinu, you know, there was many times in Parshas Lechacha that Hashem promises Avram Avinu you're going to get Eretz Yisrael and you're going to be special and your children are going to be chosen. It's going to be Gavaldic, a lot of things. So at the end of Parshas Lechacha. The Rabbanu Shalom makes this new covenant, or like what's more, it's a, the most famous one, what's called Brisbane Absarim, right? The real covenant was made between Hashem and Avram Avinu. <clears throat> and then a little bit later on, the Rabbanu Shalom says to Avram Avinu, okay, I am now going to change your name, right? He changes the name from Avram to Avraham, right? And that in the context of giving Avram Avinu Brismila, right? That's the general mitzvah, general parsha in the Blechacha. Hashem tells Avram Avinu, you're going to have a bris milah now, and uh, you're going to change your name from Avram to Avraham. Okay. Why Avraham? So Av Hamoyin Goyim Nesaticha, because Avraham means Av, the sort of an acronym or Rashi Tevis of Av Hamoyin Goyim. So you are now the father of many nations, of a multitude of nations, Av Hamoyin Goyim, that's Avraham. Okay. Take a look at the Nitziv. Vayisal Av Hamoyin Goyim. So it says in Pasuk that Avram Avinu, by, the name, by, being, by his name being changed, is now uh, the father of many nations. Sha'ad Kais, it says in itself like this, until this point, Shakar Avram, Beshem Hashem, Vagayr Kama Nashem. So we know that until this point in Avram Avinu's life, certainly Avram Avinu was involved in being Makar of the whole world, Tavadis Hashem. How so? So we know the Pasik Chazal say in the beginning of Parshas Lechacha that Avram Avinu would convert men. He was Magayr Anashem, and Sarah was Magayeras Nashem. Right? So Avram Avinu, like the Rambam says at the end of uh, the first parak of Hilchas Avodizar, that Avram Avinu had tens of thousands of, of, of Anshe Beisai, of people of his home, people that he was Megayar. But said the Nitziv, until this point, those were the two options. Either you're a guy and you have no Shaykhis to Amuna, or you become a convert and now you're Yid and you got everything. Those are the two options. But there was no Musig of having something in between, which is Taka guy. And you don't have, you're not, you're not being converted, and you don't have Tariq Mitzvahs, but Al Kaponim, at least you have 
basic amuna in believing in the one true God. There was no such thing as in between like that. Says the Nitziv, Shad Kai Shekar Avram B'Shem Hashem. Until this point, when Avram Avinu was calling in the name of Hashem, Vagayer Kam Anoshim, and converting many people, all, all that he was makariv, which were tens of thousands of people, but he was makariv people to become mamish yidin, to become, I mean, whatever, whatever, you know, again, whatever definition of gayris there was at that point, to be completely part of Anshei Beisai, to become part of his own. And they became part of that, that uh, sort of inner circle of Oivdi Hashem, and the ones that learn Avram Avinu's Torah, they were completely all in into the world of Avram Avinu. But that's not possible for the whole world like that. You're not going to change the whole world in such a way. If the only two options are either Mamish left out in the dark, right, and just run, you know, pagan idolatry finished, or Mamish inner circle of Avdi Hashem like Avram Avinu, then you're never going to change the whole world. You'll get You'll, you'll, you'll get a lot of people, tens of thousands, but you're not going to get millions, and it's not going to work like that. <laughs> and this is not a bit the evid. Said that it's if, and from the beginning of creation, let's say, okay, let's say after Chet Eitz whatever the case may be, the plan was that there should be such a thing as Goyim. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not like only Yid and everyone else uh, is really a bit the There's such a thing as having the 70 nations, 70 Yidin, 70 Neshamas of the Jewish people, the 70 nations corresponding to them. And that was part of the plan. The plan was not that all the nations of the world should convert and all become Yidin. So what is the Tachlis? What is the Ratzin Hashem? The answer says in itself, of course Rabbi Nishon wants Yidin, obviously. And those individual specific Goyim that are willing and able and worthy and, and need to take that plunge to become a Yid, Avad. But all the millions and millions of Goyim out there, the plan is, remain Goyim. You don't have to become a Yid, but you should know the truth, you should get rid of your Avadizaras, you should know about Amuna, believe in the one God, keep Shev Mitzvah and be the best guy that you're supposed to be. Uladovar and this is exactly a new covenant that was being made between Hashem and Avram Avinu right now by calling him Avraham. The covenant is that part of your shlichus in the world is not only to convert people and to bring them to Yiddishkeit, to make them Yidin, or even to be mechazik, just Yidin. Part of your shlichus now is to be makar of the whole world to Amuna, even those people that are not ready and willing and, and able to become to become Yidin, they're going to remain Goyim, and they're not going to keep mitzvahs, but al and they should be influenced by your Amunah, that they should believe in the right things in their, in their situation as being as Goyim. Again, this is what the Rabbani Shalom is, is commanding Avram Avinu right now. That Avram Avinu should focus his intention and really dedicate himself as well to be the father of many nations. In other words, even if you're not able, again, even if you're not, the question is not literally making them yidin or bringing them into that inner circle. They're remaining outside of your inner circle, but to influence them to whatever degree they're able to be influenced, to at least, that they shouldn't be they should be decent, you know, moral, ethical, and, uh, and righteous goyim. That, that's, that's something that you have a responsibility to. To recognize Hashem, like a father that would care for his son, to make sure his son goes on the straight path. So just as a father would be, you know, a, a father's focus 
you know, a major focus in life is to make sure that the, that the son, you know, lives a just life and, and the path of life that the son leads is, is good and healthy and well. That's the level of, of dedication that Avraham Avinu should have to the whole world. Those people that are able to become part of the inner circle, be Makari them, but those people that are not able have as much, have the same dedication and care and, 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 and uh, focus on them, but on whatever they can handle, giving them a muna. Says in Itziv, this was the kavan that was made to Avram Avinu by the Indian of Bris, by that Indian of Bris Mila. Now this is a pella. First of all, <coughs> it's a huge, it's a huge chiddush. That's what Avram. That's the type, the name Avram. The change from Avram to Avraham means this nakuda. But but what's even more than that, and we're going to see about this soon, is that the timing of this is, is unbelievable. I mean, the to- what's happening right now? Avram Avinu is being given a Bris Mila. So the whole inner bris mila is a covenant, is a bond between the Rabbani Shalom and Avram Avinu. The whole inner bris is how to become a yid. I mean, the, the whole inner bris is 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 yichud kushavir shchinte mamish that on me besorry that from my flesh itself echzaloika I should be able to perceive godliness. They should be completely saturated with elokus in my actual flesh. The whole inner bris mila is an intimate yichud between the Jew and the Rabbani Shalom. And dafka at that moment, the cross the Shmoy of Yisrael Avram. You know his name is being changed to Avraham, right? And what does that mean? It means that now you're responsible for all the nations of the world, even if they're not Yidin, and they don't plan on becoming Yidin, but at least al them, they shouldn't bow down to Geshkas, and they should be able to have Amuna and keep the Shev Mitzvah that they're supposed to keep. It's such a... It's a Chiddush by itself, that's a bris, that was made to Avram Avinu. And the timing of it, Davka at the time where there's such this intimate moment of bris mila, that's when he has to be thinking and be makabal on himself to deal with... Uh, you know, the, 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 the tribes in the Amazon rainforest to at least bring them to some level of Amuna. But Zayzak the Nitziv. Take a look at Maramak number two. It goes even deeper. The Nitziv in Parshish Kisisa. So again, in Hamak Dover. So he's talking about the, the Pasuk. We say, we say this every week about Shabbos. That Shabbos is Baini of Ebene Yisrael. That Shabbos is a covenant of, again, a bond between us and the Jewish people. And it's a sign for the world that Hashem created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. So then it deals with the question the Farshim asked, which is, the Pasuk seems to be a little bit contradictory. Is Shabbos for us, or is it for the world? It's a covenant between us and Hashem, okay? But yet, it's also a sign for the whole world. And we know what the halach is, you know, and it's ironic, because Shabbos is something that the whole world should be able to appreciate. They're also part of creation, right? God created the world, rested, you know, on the seventh day. That sounds like something that should be universal. But yet we know, a guy that keeps Shabbos is Chayiv Misa. So Shabbos, on the one hand, is an extremely intimate thing between the Jewish people and Hashem, just like a bris mila, right? That's what everyone knows. You have to have two signs of a bris on you, right? Usually it's a bris and tefillin. But on Shabbos, Shabbos itself is a bris, so you don't need tefillin. So Shabbos and bris mila are deeply rooted to each other. So at the moment that I've... So, so what's ironic is, again, the moment of intimacy, which is the giving of Shabbos, the bris, it also says, Oisili Oilam. It reminds us a little bit of what the Nitziv said by Bris Mila, right? The moment of intimacy between Hashem and Avram Avinu with the Bris Mila, that moment, Ava Mangayim. So it says the Nitziv the same thing with Shabbos. Listen to this. He says, Yisrael Yeah? So it says the Nitziv, what does it mean? Umas Rayin. says in Nitziv, through the nations of the world seeing, She Yisrael Niz that we keep Shabbos, and we know, and the Goyim will see the dedication and the commitment we have to Shabbos. So this is a way for the nations of the world to realize that Hashem created the world in six days, rested on the seventh, and that's why His people also rest on the seventh day. His Yisrael, and said the and they should realize 
<coughs> that this is the reason why Hashem gave a Shabbos, because Hashem created the world and rested on the seventh, that's why we do as well. And by doing so, by us keeping Shabbos and the nations of the world learning a lesson about the Creator from that, this creates Kavit Hashem in the whole world. And this is the ultimate tachlis of creation, that the covenant of Hashem should come from not just us, from the whole nations. That's why Shabbos is so chamer. Why is Shabbos so severe? The definition of a, of a from yid is if you're Shabbos Shabbos. Because by keeping Shabbos, it makes all the nations of the world, as Goyim, believe in God. That's why Shabbos is so important. Because of, its, because of its influence on the outside world. So you see such a thing. And again, whenever there's this moment of intimate, deep connection of a bris, maybe to a certain degree, that's what makes it so important and so intimate in the fact that it also has a way of... That, that's the moment that, that Avram Avinu was makabal, that's what Shabbos is. At that moment of intimacy, to also have in mind and to commit, you know, So it's a pellet. Now this was Avram Avinu. Says in Itziv, this is also the end of Shabbos. Says in Itziv, in Maramakot number 3, that's what was going on by Hargreis and Haravel. Says in Itziv like this. Maramakot number 3, this is, again, Hamek Dover in Parshas Kisom. So, <coughs> it says like this. The Kree says, Brish of the Hargreis and Haravel. And again, this is in Rabbi Kiva. Again, according to Rabbi Shmuel, Hargreis and Haravel is just part of the Trilogy of Kabbalah Torah. Kabbalah Torah has to be in three parts. Hargreaves and Evil was part number three. But again, as we saw according to Bekiva, mm-hmm. we already had three parts of the Kabbalah Torah. We had Harsina, you had Mishkan, and you had Sefer Dvarim. So what's Hargreaves and Evil for, for in the beginning of Sefer Yeshua? The answer is New Inyan. What is the Inyan? So it says in its Sith, the Kriesis Brishab Hargreaves and Evil, the covenant that was made by Hargreaves and Evil, Haya, what was it? That's the moment when we accept it upon ourselves not just to be Yid and to be Avdi Hashem, but to be the light unto the nations, right? The famous uh, Pasuk Yishai, to be Arlagayim. So the Tziv references what he mentioned in Parshas Lechacha. The beginning of this covenant, so we'll see in a second, is Miksiva Savanim Ubinin Hamizbech Vashlomim. So what happens? So, like, we, like we've been speaking about the past number of weeks, is that before the, the actual acceptance of the blessings and curses by Hargis ben Evil, the Jewish people brought Karbanis, we wrote the Sefer Torah on stones in 70 languages, and that was the context, part of Hargis ben Evil. Well, so, so he says a thing. So he says, why is it that, so he says, so the writing of the Sefer Torah on the stones, and the bringing of the, Mizbe, of, of the Karbanis, that was all part of this new covenant that the Jewish people were undertaking, of what? Of not just being a holy nation, but being an Arla Gaim, of influencing the outside world, even Gaim that are not interested in becoming Yidin. But just at least that they should keep Shavimitzis, they should know faith, they should have Amunah, they shouldn't be completely you know, distant from, from the Rabbi Nishleilam. So he says like this, Yisrael. <laughs> So it says in itself like this, it's a Mardigah thing. In Parashas Kisavai, when the mitzvah of Har Grizma and Har Evil is introduced to us, that's right before the, the Klolis, right before the Teichacha, of all the terrible things, God forbid, that might happen to us if we don't uh, keep the mitzvahs and we're sent into exile. It says in itself, that's not a coincidence. What the Torah is hinting to is the following idea, is that although obviously it would be ideal for us not to have a Chorim Mesa and for us not, never to have gone into Golis, 
But the, the Pasuk is hinting to us that you should know that going into Gullus not only is a kapara for your own Averis and it will motivate you to do tshuva. You should know that the general mission of being an Orla Gayim is specifically going to reach its highest pinnacle of, of accomplishment, Davka through Gullus. Because Davka and Gullus is when we're amongst the nations of the world and they notice that we're different, that we're trying, we can influence them much more if we're amongst them than we're in Eretz Yisrael. So this is like, so in other words, obviously we don't, uh, the, 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 the negative choices that we made to put ourselves in Gaulus, those were negative choices, we shouldn't have done that. But there is a, a huge side benefit of Lamaisa finding ourselves in Gaulus, that we have this unbelievable opportunity of fulfilling this mission of Har Grisman Har Evo, of being an Arla Gaim, in the most, in the most amazing, amazing level. So he says, Ulaza Tachlis, and this Tachlis, this goal of being a true Arla Gaim, Yisrael is accomplished after much time of difficulty and tsaris and the scattering of the Jewish people in Golis. Lamaisa, that is a positive side effect of Golis, is that we're able to accomplish our mission of being an Arlagayim. So Davka, after Har when Har Evil is mentioned in Parashas Kisavai, that's when the Torah also says, by the way, there is, there is this idea that's called Golis. So it's a negative thing, it's a tragedy, of course, but you should know if you find yourself in a situation when you're in Golas, be makabla b'simcha. Because it is, you are being sent on a shlichus, also to be makayim b'sinim of being on Arlagayim. So he says like this, So just as when it comes to the Kabbalah Satayra of Harsinai, which is us being, becoming an Am Segula, See, that's the difference. Harsinai, the confidence of Harsinai with its three parts, was about making us unique. Ram Segula, Mamlechas Kainim, that's Kavaldik. Har Grisman Evil is now a new Kabbalah, which is accepting us, which accepting upon ourselves being an Orla So Har Sinai separates us from the nations of the world, right? And Har Grisman Evil makes this bond, just like Avram Avinu, Ava Main Goyim, it connects us to the whole world. Ukamai Shoyib Har Sinai, just like by Har Sinai, there was that Kravis Eilis Ushlamim, Vesimcha, and there was Karbanis, and Karbanis means an experience of Simcha. Because our sin is Kavaldik, we became the nation of Hashem to serve Hashem. So too, the same type of Kabbalah, the Kabbalah, had to be done by Har Grisman Har Evil. Like, like the Yishayinavi says, uh, that Hashem says, I've formed you, I've created you. And I've made you a, I've made a covenant with you. To be a nation, a light to the nations. Vaperish, what's the meaning of the pasuk? It means that what do you mean, Hashem? I formed you. Hashem formed all the nations. It means that I've given you a specific quality. Says Hashem, and I've made, I've custom made you to be able to influence the whole world and to bring them to faith without forcing them to become yin and without you yourselves chas becoming goyim. So this ability of being an arla goyim that's a unique. Composition, the Jewish people have that the Goyim should should toss aside their uh, uh, false faith and to believe in the one God without necessarily feeling compelled to become to become Jewish. And says in its city references back to what he says in Lech Lecha. And there was already a covenant made between Hashem and Avram Avinu regarding this. And now, by Har Grisman Har Evil, that covenant is being moved from the person of Avram Avinu to the whole Jewish people. That's what's happening. And the beginning of this is by Har Grisman Har Evil. 
that we write the Torah in 70 languages, right? That's obviously somehow connecting us to the nations of the world. And to truly accomplish this mission in its most extreme form, Dafka through exile, Dafka through Golis. It's a mistake. That's why we were commanded to build a Mizbeach, Simcha, and to bring Karbonis Besimcha. Even though accepting this covenant means the Jews will know that means we're going to go through a lot of tsaris because to fulfill this mission we have to have golos and golos means tsaris, so it should not be something we should accept yahava. The Torah says be That's the responsibility of a soldier of God that you do what the commander says regardless of whether it's of personal benefit or not and you're besimcha over the mission that you're being given. So Klai Yisramash being given this mission of being an Arla Gaim which they know is going to require difficulties and tsaris and agmas nefesh and scattering amongst the nations because that's what a soldier does. And that's Har Grisman Har Evil. Now, in Maramukka number four, the Nitziv continues on with this and explains a little bit more, a little bit more how this Orla Gaim takes place. Now, so what we have so far is again this new covenant of Har Grisman Har Evil, which goes back really to Avram Avinu, to be an Orla Gaim. Now, again, what, what, what is still ironic, and we still now need to begin to unravel that, is yeah, but at the same moment that this covenant is being taken by taking, you know, being given to Avram individually, or then being given to Klai Yisrael by Har Grisman and Har Evel, is what? Is Dafka at a moment where it would seem a, a moment of, of, of such great intimacy between Hashem and, and Avram, or and the Jewish people, right? So in other words, by Avram Avinu, the moment of bris milu, which is mamish, you know, a, a deep, intimate experience with Elikos, Dafka then, or Lagoim. Right? And the same thing with Kal Yisrael. Like the Gemara said, Har Grisman Har Evel says the Gemara, that was a bris about Eshesish. What does Eshesish mean? It doesn't just mean human beings, Eshesish. The husband and wife, big picture, is a rabbinish from the Jewish people. So on the same time, this covenant says the Gemara in Saita is a covenant revolving around Yichud. Yichud, intimacy, mamish, a Yichud, between the Chas and the Kala, which means Hashem and His Kala, the Jewish people. Davka, at that moment, it's also a covenant that the Jewish people have to be in Arla Goyim. So, so is it just like, happens to be, like it, it can't just be a coincidence like that, and they seem to be opposites from each other. So, so it must be. This is where we're going to see from the Nitziv, and then further deepening it from Rav Kook, is that it must be that the only way to truly be in Arla Goyim is Davka by being even more deeply rooted and unified with Elikos. In other words, Usually, when we think of uh, the responsibility of the Jewish people being a light to the nations, it means like spreading your like a person. I, I already have uh, hard enough time, you know, being mashpia on on Yidden or my uh, inner circle. Now I have to be mashpia on the whole world. It's going to spread myself thin. You know, it's it's like a little amount of butter for a big piece of bread. It's just, you know, it doesn't work like that. What what the what we're, but what we see from these from these covenants when the Rabbanim chose to make these covenants to be in Arlagayim was Dafka at a time where the main covenant that was actually being made was a covenant of deepening the pnimis the between Hashem and the Jewish people and that's what we're going to see is that the truly the, the the way to be mashpi in the whole world is not by spreading yourself thin. But it's Adarabah by being so deeply rooted in such a pneumistic way to Elokus, where the Elokus just reverberates out of you, and then automatically everyone around you, including even Goyim, are able to pick up that there's something unique over here. 
And so the, the real way of being, of being an Arla Goyim, yes, it might take Pashat some time and answering questions and, you know, dealing with that, but it's not going to spread you thin because the real hashpa is not with your words per se, and your real, the real hashpa is not so much with even your actions. It's, it's just being a, a, a person that's, that's living, uh, fulfilling that Indian of Eshesh, but the Rabbani Shalom of being so deeply bound to God, that automatically you can then become an or Lagayim even. In other words, the, if your light is able to, is the only way how the light of the Jewish people can spread so far into the abyss, right, into the darkness of the world, and to illuminate even Goyim that are not becoming in, they're staying as Goyim, and Afal Pekin, you can illuminate them, is only if the light that, 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 if the source of that light is so deep and so powerful that it's able to emanate that far out. But if it's a matter of not light, that's why, again, we're going to see more about this next week, why the language of the Pasuk is to be an Orla Goyim. Why a light to the nation? Why not uh, a Malami Lagayim, a teacher to the nations, a Mashpi on the nation, the word R. Because R, as we're going to see next week, a candle doesn't have to make any more effort if to illuminate a big space or a small space. If you have a, a room that's dark and you bring a candle in, the room is lit. And if you bring that candle into a, into a bigger space that's dark, it illuminates the bigger space. Does it take any more energy of the candle? No, it doesn't take any more energy. Why? Because the candle's not being mashpia. The candle is just, uh, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's bursting with light. So any space that's around it, that's dark, will be illuminated by that. It doesn't, that's what it means to be an Orla But the way to do that, and the, and the way to, to be mashpia without actively having to be mashpia per se, but just to be, to be, to be, you know, luminescent and just to, uh, to, to, to be, uh, 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 just, just, you know, bursting with light depends on a person's inner hiskashos with halakos. Because the moment that Avram Avinu is being given a bris, mila, a kavdu between a deep, deep hiskashos between him and the Rabbani Shalom, that's dafka the moment that he's able to be the Arlagai. And dafka the moment by Har Grisman Har Evil where we're becoming unified with the Rabbani Shalom in such a degree about Eshes Ish, which means the chasinik, not just human, human chasinikal, means the ultimate chasinikal between Hashem and the, and, the, and the Jewish people. Dafka at that moment is what's allowing goes also to be the Arlagai. It has, to, it has to be something that's emanating from within us. So take a look at Maramukha number four. We're going to see more about this next week in detail, but, uh, but just to sort of introduce us to the idea. So Maramukha number four, this is again the Hemek Dover in Parashat Kisavai, right after, again, you don't have the Pesukim in front of you, but right after Har Gerizim and Har Evil is mentioned, <coughs> so the, there's a couple, there's one or two Pesukim, the Pesukim, again, you don't have this, but the Pasuk says, that Maisha now says the message to the Jewish people. We, again, you were just told about Hargis Manaevil, which means, again, according to the Siv, it means that you're now responsible to be Makabal Basimcha, this mission of being an Arlagaim. Now says Maisha Abenu, Haske Sushma Yisrael. But listen carefully, understand properly this idea that Hayoy Mazem Lakacha. That, that, that th- today, by telling you about Hargis Menevel, it means that I'm making you a nation for Hashem. As we're going to see how the Nitzvah Taishas means you're going to be a, a, a soldier for God, that you have to spread His light to the whole world. But v'shamata b'kol Hashem alakecha, v'asis es mitzvaysa v'eschuk of Hashem alakecha mitzav chayayim. And says Moshe Rabbeinu, but you're going to, but you have to listen to the voice of the Rabbanish, you have to keep His mitzvah shtark, 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 and then you could be a good Arlan guy. Says in its that's what we're going to see in a second, that that's what Meshavit is hinting to us. How would you become an Arla Gaim? Not by 
diluting Yiddishkeit in order that it should be palatable even to Goy. But Adra, by being even more deeply miskasher to the Pneumius of Yiddishkeit, that automatically you become an Orla Goyim, and the light is able to illuminate even further out. So it's not a matter of diluting yourself. Adrabe, it's deeper hiskashras with pnimistika elukus, and then the mela, the, 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 the light reverberates outwardly to the farthest extremes. Maramaka number four. Haskes Ushma Yisrael, again, listen carefully, call Yisrael. Today you become a nation to God. And you have to listen to the voice of Hashem, to listen to his mitzvahs and his laws that I've commanded you today. Okay, that's the pasuk, and it's right after Har Grizman Har Evil is spoken about. Mashmois Am says in itself, what does it mean that you're becoming a nation for Hashem? We read Am Segula by Harsina. What is this nationhood that's given that's being given to us now? It means An Sheikhail, it means soldiers. Naise Hamalucha, the ones that are responsible for the Malchus of Hashem and spreading the Malchus. Shaniu Bizeb Bris An Sheikhaila Shaglish Burhu, that now you should become a nation of soldiers for Hashem. Lahakir Malchusis Mahbuchal Ailam to conquer the whole world with a Munim. But the difference is, again, by the Goyim, when they have this idea of conquering the world for their amunas, chas v'shalms, what does it mean? It means, you know, by the sword, convert or otherwise, right? So it's like all or nothing. The Chiddush of Avraham Avinu, again, that's what we're talking about over here, it's not all or nothing. You could be a guy, but the light of amunas should be so strong within Knesset Yisrael that automatically it influences the Goyim to be connected to that amunah, to whatever degree they're able to. Not necessarily to become a Yid, but that's where the influence is coming from. So says in its Pasuk, how does one carry the Malchus of Hashem? That through them the world should be full of, of God's glory. It's by deepening our connection to the Torah that we have. That through learning Torah, Pneumius, deep, deep Hiskashis, you'll find everything you need to know and need to, and, 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 and need to have in order to deal with the outside world and to influence the outside. It'll all be nichel, you don't have to dilute anything. You go deeper. The deeper you go, the more you'll have to be Meshviyah to the whole world. But not diluting, you're not watering anything down. That by going deeper inside Yiddishkeit, so you'll then be able to have the ability to influence and to, and to, and to you know, sort of, the, the, the das, your das will overflow into the rest of the world. But it has to be in this way, of the sis by keeping the mitzvahs. Properly, not by diluting them. Means keeping mitzvahs properly with the tradition of Torah Shbalpeh. Veschukov and chukim of the Torah means means learning Torah properly, ve'ian in depth and pnimius. Again, no no sacrifice at all in our vayda. Quite the opposite. Dafka because there's a moment of bris milah and kavdin. That's how we're going to be able to be properly in our lagaim. That's what he says. Sha'af al gav she'em eskadish she'em shemayim lumas oylem aday yisrael kiyim aday shemadaktikim b'torah umoisim b'kolachachmis. That dafka through the the way that the nations of the world will become sanctified through us is dafka through our deeper eskashos with our own amuna and our own Tyra, and that will be the way to become a proper Arlagai. So that's the, that's the Nitziv, and that's the picture of Har Griezmann, Har Evil, that the Nitziv paints. Now just to end off with, um, next week we'll see more about this, but just to end off with a Tyra from Rav Kook, the Talmud of the Nitziv, and just the way he, he captures it, and brings out this Nakuda, and it really brings out, highlights this Nakuda, that the way to be an Arlagayim is Davka through becoming more deeply connected to Yichud of Eish 
to the Yichud of Chassan and Kala. And by that deepest gashus of Pnimistika Yiddishkeit, the Pnimistika Voida, that's how you become an Arlagayim. So take a look at how Rav Kook says it. He's talking about, you know, the nations of the world. Honestly, it applies to Yidin as well. And this is really how to be Mashpia to Yidin too. But it says Rav Kook like this. This is in Ars Yisrael, Peace Tesvav. Atur Hagul Hasida, until Mashiach comes, or until we become more Gula Dika Yidin, the way the Jewish people have influenced the, the world has predominantly become, been by teaching them rules, by teaching them obligations. Musar, ethical ideas, tzedek, righteousness, which are certainly coming from Torah, right? So in other words, Torah, you know, Torah has a lot of, you know, morality and ethics and chesh and mishpat. And, all, and we, we influenced and we've taught, we've given conscience to the world and by, by, by teaching them obligations and truth, they have to be decent moral people and so on. The and obligations, no one wants to hear about obligations. No one wants to hear about that. So our whole way of being mashpit to the whole world, which is such a deep obligation that we have, until Mashiach comes, or until the Mashiach has been in a way of teaching people and like, like preaching, like this is what you have to do. But no one wants to hear what they have to do, especially the Umas Island. They don't want to hear what you have to do. And they just, they're, they're broigus. And, you know, and, uh, and uh, at some point they revolt against the preachers and against the ones that are teaching them and telling them about being ethical and moral. And if you do this, you're going to hell. The whole idea of Gehenim, they, don't, they, they have it from us. Right? That's, that's, they don't have any of these ideas. Before we, came to, before we influenced them, they were very happy, happy pagans dancing in loincloths around totem poles, very, very happy in Tzavrin. All of a sudden we come, uh, there's religion, there's morality, there's ethics, it's all true, but uh, it's a heavy load, and they don't want to be macabre, so it becomes, it becomes a difficult relationship. The chayvis, again, responsibilities, no one wants to hear responsibilities. Like I said, this is true for Gaim, it's also true for, uh, for Yidin sometimes too. And if the person is you know, willing, willing to receive their obligations, there's a certain taina and a certain uh, animosity that the person has towards the one that introduced them to these obligations. Like, I, like I wish I didn't know. Like, uh, you know, you, you messed up my life by telling me there's such a thing as heaven and hell. So now I have to, now I have to like think of myself as more than an animal. I've been, I've been out of the cats out of the bag. Like I have no choice but to but to live like that. But it's like I'm upset about the fact that you introduced that to me. Because now, through these ethics and morals that we're preaching to the world, again, not, we're not necessarily consciously doing this, but just like, like the Nitzvah said, by us going through life with morality and ethics, automatically it, 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 it influences the nations of the world. There's such a thing. And they're, and they're, and they're, and they're, they're fatayinit about it. And they have uh, complaints against it. Because why? Because it doesn't allow the barbarian soul in them to just go crazy. Because now they're being reined in by the ethics and morals that they're learning from us. And they, and they have complaints about it and, and uh, they have ways of showing those complaints. And so that's, that's a problem. But when it comes the time for the light of the world, the light of Gula, to come to be revealed, then Yedel then, 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 then how is influence going to be? Then the, the influence is going to be, the world is going to realize, They're not telling what to do. We're not saying like, you know, it's, it, it's like if they look at us and they see people that are also like, really also like disappointed over the fact that we have to have rules and regulations, 
then they're also then of course they're going to be disappointed even more than that, even more than us. But if they see in us that the rules and regulations we live by is mamash a pleasure and it's a tanag elyon, it's an exalted, transcendent light and an experience of divinity that we're living with, and it's the biggest pleasure in the world to have Shabbos and the biggest pleasure in the world to have Yiddishkeit, then then, then you're not going to be fartainet that we're that we're introducing this to them. It's the biggest chos to to introduce light to other people and to give them pleasure. Of course, it's the biggest tanag. So he says. When, when the light of Gula begins to come into the world, the world will see that it's the way of life with the, a way of the most pleasurable of lives. We're introducing into the world, not a not a prison, not a not shackles weighing the, weighing them down, but giving them the the biggest opportunity to become to become healthy and, and wholesome and, and uplifted people. It's the 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 the, the richness of life which gives it its value, which without it, its life is missing all of its value and its inherent worth, that's what we're introducing to them. We're, we're, giving, we're giving their life meaning and, 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 and a three-dimensional quality to it. And, and of course, it comes with responsibilities. It's not easy, but it's the, it's the most valuable thing in the world. And if they sense that from us, then they'll be macabalit. But that means that we have to feel it. And so that's the Indian, like we were saying before. The moment of, when, when Yiddishkeit is a yichud, by the Jewish people, then you could be an Arlagayim too, and there won't be any resentment. But if by us it's also just rules and regulations, then Allah is going to be resentment by the nations of the world to hear about such an idea of rules and regulations. But if by us it's not rules and regulations, it's yichud, then automatically the rest of the world will be more than happy to experience to whatever degree they're able to in that yichud. Richness, value, uh, excitement—that's something every human being wants to experience. Al kapanim at least to want. Okay, there'll be minias, whatever. Sometimes the barbarian soul will stop it from happening too. But but al there won't be any tainas. That's makar hamashpia oisher v'oinig and adraba, the source of the, the 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 people or the person that that opens them up to this idea of living life in such a valuable way. Mechavdim u'mechavim, they'll respect and they'll love. It won't be in a way of animosity. Al Kain, that's the meaning of what it says in Pasuk, Yachziku Asar Noshim, it's a Mikol Haloshainas Agayim, but Knafishi, when Mashiach comes, you'll have 10 guys pulling in every single one of your tzitzis, like, teach me tire, bring me clothes, because it's not going to be in a way of rules and regulations, it'll be of Yichud, of Yichud Kishabrich Shchintai. And that's the side, that's what Hargis Menharivil is. Dafka, the moment of bris, when it's pneumistic, that's the moment of being able to be an Arla Goyim. So what we're going to see next week, just to finish off this sugya, is just a deepening of this inyan of our relationship with the Gaim in terms of being an Arla Gaim. And one last thing that we have to figure out, which we'll speak with next week, is that why is this all being revealed by Rabbi Akiva? Right? If you remember, because it was Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel said, Rabbi Shmuel, that's part of Kabbalah that's private, that's intimate, that's with the Jewish people alone. Rabbi Akiva is the one that revealed this covenant of what? Of but Dafka by doing that, being an Arla Gaim, it's Dafka Rabbi Akiva. So that's something we'll also, uh, Hashem, see next week. Okay. Yashukai. Yeah,